0: It's time for Locked On A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 283 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Noted Baseball fan Jason Burke, and today I'm going over real quickly the A's loss to the Angels on Sunday and just some other random things that have uh, come to mind uh, following the kerfuffle on Twitter afterwards, Uh, just how they're, you know, 500 since the winning streak and stuff like that. I got some thoughts on that. Uh, And then in the second segment, I'm going to be talking about the last 30 days of A's, and that is going to be both offensively and on the pitching side. Got some standout performances and some guys that have a been struggling a little bit it's mostly standout guys I like to focus on the good here and then in the third segment getting you guys ready for that A's in Seattle series they're heading up to uh, Seattle. I I didn't have a, a funny term for that. They're just going up to Seattle. So uh, yeah, we're, we'll be talking about that and why that start on Monday is going to be very big for both James Caprillion and Logan Gilbert. I'm very much intrigued by that pitching matchup, so I'm going to give you guys my reasoning as to why on that. But before I get into anything else, uh, make sure to follow the Locked On MLB podcast hosted by my good friend, Paul Francis Sullivan, he likes it when I call him Sully, though he does great work over there. He talks about current baseball, old timey baseball, because you know he's an old man. Uh, he, he does good things over there. So l- listen to the Locked On MLB podcast, and if you guys like it, you know subscribe to that one too, because uh, he's wonderful as well. And also make sure to follow this podcast wherever you like. Here in podcasts, uh, follow us on social media at Locked On Aids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to Locked On athletics at gmail.com so uh, just a couple of quick notes on the schedule for this week uh, just before I get into anything else uh, my birthday is on Wednesday so I am not recording after uh, Tuesday so I am recording an interview on Monday morning as you know you're listening to this I may, may have already done it because they're on the east coast I'm, I'm interviewing somebody from uh, the Lansing Lugnuts so that should be the Thursday podcast then I'm also talking to Paul Holden who is the new host of the Locked On. Rock Podcast, uh, previewing that series. So that'll be the Friday episode for you guys. So I'll, I'll get you guys updated on, you know, the Mariner series and all that stuff. But I'm going to have a couple of pre-recorded episodes for you guys at the end of the week. And uh, yeah, that, that's... That's the update, I, I think. So hopefully uh, the interview uh, with the minor leaguer comes through tomorrow or, you know, today as you're listening to this. And uh, that, that will be the Thursday episode. If not, I get to record on my birthday because I have nothing else planned. So uh, that's all. Let's get into the A's loss to the Angels, though. They lost this one 4-2. to They're now 31-24. and They have a negative 10 run differential. It was getting close. I think it got to negative 4 before those last two losses. And, uh... Man, I was really looking forward to that plus that positive run differential but it didn't happen. They went 3 and 4 against Seattle and the Angels this week, which is not what I had in mind. I was hoping for like 5 and 2 or 6 and 1 or you know 7 and 0. Oh. I I was throwing out no hitters left and right earlier and Maybe that was on me because all of the no-hitters against Seattle happen at home for them. So, obviously, it's going to happen this week. I was a week off. That's my bad. James Caprillian and Chris Bassett, uh, and also, you know, the guy who has a no-hitter in his pocket, Shamanaya, they're all pitching for the A's this weekend, or, you know, this week. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holding to it. I think that they're going to no-hit the the Mariners yet again, uh, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, before I get into some of the... Uh, my takeaways from, you know, my overarching themes, let's say, I do want to point out a couple of things from this game, and that is that uh, Luzardo pitched. Jesus Luzardo, he's back. Uh, he was not activated when I last spoke to you. He pitched in relief in the ninth inning. He threw eight pitches and Kay'd the first batter he faced on three pitches. And uh, yeah, he looked good. He gave up some soft contact. Good for him. Jesus Lozardo is back. Uh, Ramon Laureano did not play in Sunday's game again. They're hoping that he can potentially return on Tuesday in Seattle. So that is uh, what we are hoping for from him. He is. uh, I'm going to talk about him a lot in the second segment. So get ready for some Ramon talk. And. This was uh, talked about in the post-game press conference. It was on, you know, A's post-game live and all that stuff. But uh, I, so it made me look up Cole Irvin's exit velocity against in that second inning. And he was right. It was a lot of soft contact. I mean, not the home run. The home run was absolutely crushed. That was 111.1 off the bat. But the, uh, there was a single, 73.2. Another single, 94.4, which is hard. Not quite a hard hit ball, Uh, but you know, still fairly hard, I guess. The double was uh, a 75.4. These are all below, I mean, not 94.4, but that's just a, a touch, like three, four miles an hour above league average. That's not like it was scorched or anything like that. And the other two are well below league average. Uh, You got that third single of the inning, 89.1, which is, you know, it's not scorched. Again, not scorched. And then the pop-out was 73.7. So uh, they were all high percentage hits, but they were not hit hard, if that makes sense. They were, like, finding the holes in the defense. And so they were, you know, they had enough on them, I guess, to be, you know, uh, have an expected batting average of, like, 800, but... Uh, he wasn't given up hard contact, so I think that he might be turning the corner. We we will see his his command was a lot better in this one. Uh, the next start that he's gonna have, I believe, would be in Colorado. So uh, it's all it's gonna be tough to judge where he's actually at because uh, he got blown up in this one. He got the loss, but it was that one inning, and he looked really good other than that one inning. And then his next start is going to be in Colorado. So uh, I'm throwing my hands up in the air. I don't take anything that happens in Colorado. Uh, I I take it all with a grain of salt, let's say that. Uh, But a couple of things that I also wanted to touch on here, and uh, I I mentioned briefly that the A's have a negative 10 run differential right now. Um, and it was at negative 26 after that first Houston series. So if you take out that one series where they were just not competitive whatsoever, they're at a plus 16 run differential since that Astros series and since that uh, that – Initial series, the Astros are at plus 22. So you see all these win projections, you know, oh my God, the Astros are so much better than the A's, but you take out those first four games when, you know, the the A's lost by a lot of runs in each game. Uh, Yeah, they're basically the same team. The Astros are doing it more with offense. The A's are doing it more with a combination of offense and pitching. Um, But yeah, I, I think that the A's got out of the gate slow, but they've been pretty good since. And I've seen some people tweeting out, you know, uh, once the A's, you know, lose a game or do something, they're like, oh, they're at 500 since the uh, the, the 13-game winning streak. And this is, the, my the next words are not, you know, shots fired or anything. It's just more how I look at it as opposed to uh, how I feel people see it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm more optimistic about, you know, just baseball and whatnot. But uh, the A's, if you in- incorporate the 13-game winning streak and then going 500 since, they're 13 games above 500 in that span of games. And that is really, really, really good. That's a 95 win season, I believe, or 94 win season. So, yeah, they're doing just fine. I sure would you like them to do better? Yeah, I, I would like them to beat the, the Mariners and the Angels, but division games are always rough. Um, If they don't win the season series against the Texas Rangers, I'm going to have some questions. But uh, the Angels, they're, they're always a tough opponent. The Mariners, they're on the upswing. They got a bunch of youth that the A's are trying to figure out. If they go, you know, ten and nine against both those clubs, I wouldn't be mad. I don't think. Uh, I think that there would be some missed opportunity to not go like twelve and seven or something against them. But you're gonna have losses against these teams, and losses happen in a, in the course of a baseball season. And I think that that's something that a lot of just people in baseball media lose track of. Because I I'm not talking about fans tweeting out, you know, oh they're seventeen. I'm talking about the media tweeting out that they were seventeen and seventeen since that thirteen game win streak. I'm like, yeah, well, that's yeah. That's what you, that's baseball right there. You're not gonna go, if you win a hundred games, you still lose 62. That's just how baseball is. The best teams uh, go on long stretches. They win 13 in a row or something like that. And then they just kind of, you know, tread water and then they bust off another 13. And that's how they get to be one of the best teams. It's basically, don't let your highs get, you know, I mean, let your highs get really high and then just don't lose a bunch of games in a row. Losing three in a row, that that happens every now and then. You know, whatever. You you lose the series. The Yankees, who everybody is still fawning over, they just got swept by the Detroit Tigers. So are they over? Are they done? Are they cooked? I don't, I mean, I don't think that they're necessarily a good team, but uh, I don't think that people are going to be writing them off because of that. The A's just split a series with the Angels. That's not great. And, you know, obviously without Mike Trout, but uh, so you want to win a few more of those games. But at the same time, being at 500 for stretches of time and then just going on a run is kind of just how you play a baseball season and are a good team. So I just wanted to, you know, give my thoughts on that because I see it a couple times a week probably. And I was like, eh, I should probably talk about that because it, I feel like it's misleading in how you perceive a team because... Take the Rays, for example. They, they have currently won 15 out of 16 games. They ran off, you know, 12 or 13 in a row. They've been a very, very good team for the last couple of weeks. Uh, before that started they were at exactly 19 and 19 or 500 and now they are 14 games above 500 they di- they are not incorporating the A's one and seven starts of the season before they ran out or one and six starts of the se- one and seven starts of the season before they ran off you know 13 in a row so that's the difference in the the two teams records but they're a game above Boston right now the A's are a game and a half above Houston that's just how baseball is. Sure, the A's aren't as hot as they used to be, but they're still—they still got those wins in the bank. And I think that that's something that gets lost in the uh, in the shuffle in the the national media, or even sometimes the local media. So uh, keep that in mind. Just wait for that next run because it should be coming. You would hope, uh, especially with how the A's have been performing in May. So I'm going to be going over that stuff here for you guys in just a second. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Sports Trade. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports, and their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out today. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside, or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you would like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle on your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the how it works video, and then sign up and get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On A's once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. And uh, usually I say other things here, but uh, this last week I had a bunch of people just coming in uh, asking about trades asking just about random things about the a's and you know getting my opinion on things and i thoroughly enjoyed it so thank you to max thank you to jude i believe the other guy's name was matt i apologize um yeah we just had a fun little conversation about you know a's baseball while watching shill hail tani pitch uh that was a, a good good time so if you want to join me on you know in this platform all you got to do is download the app it's on all, all ios devices right now and once you do that be sure to create a profile link your twitter and Join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at ByJasonB to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning on being live this week, probably on Friday. Uh, I'm going to say Friday at game time. Let's stick with that. And I can't wait to, to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. So I'll see you guys there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a five-star review if you can. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's go with the A's. Let's guys the, the the top guys in the last 30 games and i want to start off with elvis andrews because he has a better batting average in the last 30 games than jed lowry and he has a 256 batting average jed lowry yeah slumping huge slump at 247 uh both are very much above league average but uh, still i thought that i i gotta start with elvis andrews he is uh he, he's who you tune in for, I, I assume. It's me and Elvis Andrews talk every day at Locked On A's. <laughs> Actually, the only players that uh, with regular playing time that have uh, a batting average above Elvis Andrews are Ramon Laureano, Tony Kemp, and Mark Canna. This is for the month of May. Mostly the mo- month of May there. So um, I, I just wanted to point that out and say, hey, he's been kind of decent. Uh, his... Uh, On base is still at like 298, which isn't great, but still above some of the better players on the team. So uh, just thought that that was fun. Um, Also, Chad Pender has struggled since his return. He is batting 178. It's been, you know, like 11 games, so not a huge sample size. And he just broke uh, his big hit list streak. I think it was like 0 for 20 or something like that uh, in Sunday's game. So uh, obviously that that batting average took a dip in the month of May, so 178 with a 213 on base percentage. And the one thing that is uh, a little troubling to me is his 40% strikeout rate. That is extremely high. And uh, hopefully the calendar flips, and then on June 1st, you know, Tuesday in Seattle, he just starts balling out. I would thoroughly appreciate that. And, uh, but let's let's stick with the good. Let's stick with the good right here, and that is Ramon Laureano because he hit 292 this past month with a 373 on base. He had eight home runs, which was first on the team. Because uh, yeah, Ramon Laureano, you think of him, and you're like, oh yeah, power hitter, obviously. Uh, He also had 13 RBI, which was fourth on the team in the month. And then he had 17 runs scored, which is tied for first on the team in the month. Uh, Matt Olson, he only hit 215, which isn't great. Um... He's usually, I mean, if he hits like 230, I think that everybody's fine with that as long as he's still producing and he still produced, even though he was only hitting 215. He had a 324 on base. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher, but if he hits for a little bit more average, that on base goes up a little bit and his walks were definitely there. I think he walked like 17 times. He was, he was fine in that regard. He hit seven home runs tied for a second on the team. Yeah, he had 16 walks, 19 strikeouts. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, anybody who walks nearly as much as they strike out, they're good in my book. Also, he had 15 runs batted in, which was tied for first on the team. And then uh, you got the conundrum of Seth Brown and Sean Murphy because they were both tied for first with Matt Olson at 15 runs batted in for the month, but they hit 194 and 218 respectively and had on base percentages under 300. So they came up in the big situations, drove guys in, but at the same time, weren't doing it on a consistent basis. So a little bit worrisome, but, um, you know, again, calendar flips are a a thing of magic in baseball. It's, It's amazing sometimes. You see somebody who's just rolling in April or or May or you know, whatever month and then it flips and they're like, oh no, I suck now. Um, It's like Cinderella and her pumpkin. (laughs) <laughs> so that was some of the, uh, the highlights from the, the, the batters. Let's get into some of the pitchers here. And this one struck me cause I did not realize he had been so good for almost oh, for, for an entire month. And that is Ramin Goudwan, who's now on the IL completely missed that announcement. He's on the IL. They brought up Jordan Weems for a minute, uh, also missed that. And then they sent Jordan Weems back out once Jesus Luzardo came up. So if you missed that, uh, nobody pitched. It, it didn't matter. But uh, yeah, that, that happened for a second. I, I had to review the transaction log. I was like, oh, who did they send down when Luzardo came up? I was like, How, when did Jordan Weems get here? Apparently, I took it this weekend off. <laughs> Anyways, Ramin one he threw 10 and two thirds innings pitched. He had a 169 ERA with a 103 whip. That is fantastic. And, uh, By comparison, the other lefty in the bullpen, Jake Diekman, he had 10 innings pitched, a 360 ERA with a 140 whip, which uh, is definitely heart attack inducing. That is a very, very high whip, especially for a reliever. Uh, I I would prefer Ramin Gudwan's 103, honestly. But the one difference between these two pitchers is Ramin Gudwan in his 10 and two thirds innings pitched, 4Ks. Jake Diekman, in his 10 innings pitched, 16Ks. So... That is the difference between those two guys. Gudwan is more of a contact pitcher, and Diekman is more of a, uh, if if it's in the zone, see if you can hit it. And that is the difference. But uh, let's move on to some of the starters real quick. Uh, let's start off with Sean Maniah. He's not first on my list, but let's start off with Sean Maniah. He had six starts, he had 32 innings pitched, and a 4.78 ERA. So looked really bad, but... He's also one of the best starters in baseball this this year, uh, in, in all of baseball. He's in, like, the top 26. I think he's, like, 26th out of—he's you know, on the first page at Fangraphs in war. So he's been fantastic. He has a 1.2 war right now. He's lighting it up. And uh, not what you think of when you think of Maniah, but— Change the narrative. Chapman is good again. And if you just subtract that Boston start where he got absolutely shelled, he went two innings, gave up seven earned runs. He hates pitching in Boston. He likes pitching against the Red Sox. <laughs> he actually had a three ERA for the month. So not a terrible month. Just one really, really bad start that really inflated those numbers. But he did finish up the month by giving up one run and eating up some innings against the Angels twice. So, uh... Yeah, he, he was fine. For the most part, It's just that one start. Then you got Frankie Montas. He had six starts. He went 34 innings, and he had a 318 ERA. So again, not bad. Not what I was expecting. He had three wins, three losses, but not a not a bad performance over the course of an entire month. I will take a 318 ERA from every single pitcher on this stuff. I mean, hopefully a little bit better for the relievers, but uh, yeah, 318. I'd even take that. I, I would take that. But the star of the month has to be Chris Bassett because he had five starts. He went 35 and two thirds innings, which is an average of seven that's seven innings on average you guys and obviously his complete game shutout out on uh on friday what was it no thursday uh definitely played a role in getting him there and all that stuff and lowering the era to 252 for the month and his fip was like 2.3 so he dominated this month you guys and he had four walks 38 strikeouts he was amazing he was just fantastic in the month of may and he is the best starting pitcher in the american league in may let that sink in chris bassett the best starting pitcher in the month of may in the american league he had a 1.2 fan graphs war in just this month that's sean mania's total for the entire the entirety of the season and uh he's still one of the top 30 Chris Bassett did that just this past month, and that is better than Corey Kluber and uh, Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers, and both of those guys threw no hitters. He was better than those guys for the entirety of the month, so... Chris Bassett doing everything you want him to. He's been fantastic. Um, just wanted to point those things out. I know that there's one more day in the month, but uh, I had some time to look some stuff up today and uh, the A's play games and I'll have more to talk about those days. So uh, I figured out that I'd get to it today and I'll do some more minor league stuff on probably Wednesday and recap some of the the highs and lows of uh, of those of. of each team. So uh, that's going to be labor intensive as well. So I wanted to get to the A's right now because there's only one game. And James Caprillian he's been fantastic, but he's got one more start. So I did not mention him, but he's got like a 1-5-2 ERA and three starts. So he's been great. Uh, let, let's see what he's got in Seattle. And I think that it's going to be a big start for him. So uh, I got that opinion and a little bit more coming up for you guys. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar on the market, and that is Bilt Bar, my friends. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors? I've talked about their limited time flavors before, and they are all fantastic, but their nine original flavors are also great as well. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate and salted caramel. There is something for everyone in these nine original flavors. And if you want to, you know, venture out, then you can go for these seasonal flavors. And if you haven't tried all of their flavors, all you could, all you gotta do is get a mixed box where you can get two of each of those nine flavors. And you can tell me which one is your favorite because of those ones, I like cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. Those are my three right there. I also like coconut. So, so really, I just like all of them is what I'm trying to say to you guys. And uh, if you wanna like all of them too, all you gotta do is go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on, you know, wherever you need to uh, on your podcast provider. Also follow us on social media at Locked on Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at By Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So real quick, I want to get into the importance of this start in particular for both James Caprillion and Logan Gilbert. This will be the fourth start of the season for each pitcher. Uh, Neither guy has a ton of big league experience. Uh, Caprillian pitched a little bit in in the majors in 2020, but that was out of relief. This is, you know, they're both of their fourth starts in the majors. So neither one is terribly seasoned. And it is also the first time that both of these pitchers will be facing uh, a a team a second time. And I think that that is what I'm really looking forward to um, because... Who's going to be making those adjustments uh, to get these guys out a second time in just five days? And uh, I think that for Caprillion, he might have a little bit of an upper hand here just because he's a little bit older. He's 27. Gilbert is 24. And so he's been doing this a little bit more, but he's also been a little bit more injured. So he doesn't necessarily have the like a huge amount of experience, uh you know, in the in pitching pro ball or anything. It's just he's older. And so maybe he's learned some things just being around the game. So I think that this is a very big start for both of these guys and just showing where they are. Uh, I think that it's more important for James Caprillion, mostly because I'm an A's fan and I want him to do better. But uh also he has not less time, but he's. He, it's because he's older and he wants to prove that he can stick in this rotation. Logan Gilbert's spot is going to be there. He's going to be in the rotation, whether or not he gives up nine runs in two innings or one run in nine innings. It does not matter. Logan Gilbert is in that rotation. But James Caprillion, uh, he's been pitching very, very well. He's pitching himself into a rotation spot, but he doesn't have one locked up. And I think that I mean, part of it is he's pitching for this season, next year, uh, the fu- his future with the A's uh, in, you know, d- dramatic terms, but he's trying to prove that he belongs in the big leagues right now. And Logan Gilbert, he's going to be here. It doesn't matter. But James Caprillian with another good start, you know, a, month worth, a month's worth of really, really good starting pitching from him could go a long way into being like, hey, this guy, I don't know what we're going to do with it all of our other pitchers, but this guy is one of our guys right now. He's one of our horses. Let's stick with him. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's a, a big start for both of these guys, and I want to know what adjustments they're going to be making in facing these offenses a second time. Um, you know, I, I said it, you know, last week previewing the the Seattle series, and that is that the Mariners hit a lot of long balls. If he can keep the, the ball off of the barrels, he should have some success. Um, But it's going to be a game of adjustments. Maybe they both, you know, make really good adjustments and just it's a pitcher's duel. But this is the game I think that the A's need to win if they want to win the series, because the next two pitchers on on the docket are a little bit tougher. The A's have more seasoned guys going for themselves, but uh, they're going to be a little more contentious, I believe, just because you got Marco Gonzalez, who uh, I think is Cy Young against the A's. I didn't look it up, but he always feels like uh, he's really, really good against the Oakland days and he's missed the last month with a forearm strain so how crisp he's going to be how effective he's going to be uncertain is he on a pitch count uncertain um but he's going to be going against chris bassett and you always got to like your your odds with chris bassett on the mound for your team so i like the a's in that game but marco gonzalez if the a's bats continue to do what they've been doing the last few games uh, again zero home runs in that angel series which is a little bit confounding, and it's almost a good thing that they won, somehow won two games in that series because they hit zero home runs, and the long ball is a big part of their offense, but let's stick with the uh, the Seattle series here. Uh, and then on Wednesday, you got Shamani going against Chris Flexen, who had just been in the KBO. The Mariners signed him to a multi-year deal out of the Korean baseball organization, so... Uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. He's five and two so far this season with a 434 ERA. He's been pretty decent. Um, the A's have not seen him yet. So, uh, I, I did a little bit of research, not a ton, but a little bit. Uh, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's not going to walk too many. So he is basically a pitch to contact pitcher. And the other thing that makes him effective, uh, especially in short bursts, uh, bursts, uh we'll see if he can do it against the A's. And that is keeping the ball off of barrels Uh, that's you know what makes makes chris bassett effective and uh, he's not quite as good as chris bassett uh because his barrel percentage uh, percentile is 79 percent he's in the 79th percentile uh chris bassett but uh chris flexen he's at 70th in, in that in the 70th percentile so he's also fairly decent at it he's just not quite as prolific as chris bassett there but yeah, he's he's a pinch to contact guy. That's a big park over there in uh, Seattle. So whatever they're call- is it T-Mobile Park now? Have they changed it again? I think it's T-Mobile Park, but um, it, it should be a very interesting series. That the Mariners, are, they're a young, hungry team. They got Kyle Lewis, you know, hitting dingers again. Uh, Mitch uh, Mitch Manninger, or you know, Mitch Haniger as he's also known. He's also been you know crushing dingers. So they've they've got a team. We'll see. And uh, they've won six of seven. And uh, that one loss, that one loss this last week was to the Oakland Athletics. So come and get some more of that, Mariners. No, but really, though, they came in uh, to last week's series. They had just lost six in a row, and it looked like, oh, this should be really easy. And now they're they're extremely hot. They've won six of seven. And, uh, yeah, maybe they're just going to, you know, fall off a cliff. And maybe that's what—I <laughs> was a little bit worried about them being so cold last week. I, I didn't want to say it, but I was a little bit worried because you can only kick a team while they're down—like— So like, not very often is a team going to lose, you know, 13 in a row like the Diamondbacks or 12 in a row or whatever it was. Uh, they, they won today. Good job, Diamondbacks. But um, yeah, it, it just feels like they're due at a point and maybe the due has come and now they're going to be bad again hopefully uh i mean the mariners are also a 500 team so they've been playing okay for the entire season but uh the a's need to win games like this they need to win these games they got three really good pitchers going for themselves and then they get to fly over to well they get a day off and then they get to fly to colorado so uh, this is going to be a very big week for the a's there are wins to be had um let's see what happens i'm very excited to watch some of this uh but that is all that I got for you guys today. Uh, if you still need some more sports talk in your life, though, the Lockdown Today podcast has you covered. They're talking about the NBA playoffs. Uh, they haven't updated the ad copy yet because those games are still going on as I'm recording, but uh, I'm sure that it's going to be something fantastic like, hey, are the Suns better than the Lakers? That's weird because uh, the Suns won. I saw that. That was... Go Suns, I think. <laughs> and also, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights got their butts kicked 7-1. to So uh, I know that we're not Wild fan- fans anymore, but Go Colorado Avalanche. The team of Joe Sakic, Peter Forsberg, and the rest of them. Um, yeah, keep it going, you guys. That was fantastic to watch. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow.